Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Athena will give you a great home loan and help you get rid of it. Need help getting your builder's registration? Call Master Builders Victoria today to discuss our member support program. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. Dwayne's World for Master Builders Victoria. Want the best in industry training? Contact Master Builders Victoria. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Pay down your home loan faster with Athena. Midday Madness time, you call, you get on. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. And I want to take your calls for Midday Madness for the next couple of hours. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, jump on the line. We'll get you on in the next couple of hours. You can send through a text as well on the 40 Winks Temper text, 0433981116. 40 Winks and Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. Consumer's Choice winner, Temper Mattresses, Pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. But talk back radio, rather have a chat to you. I will read a heap of your texts out a little bit later on. I wasn't on yesterday because of the Super Bowl. Great call by our team led by Gerard Whateley. Heaps to discuss out of the weekend of sport and yesterday as well, including some cricket. Just been talking with Sammy Ebben, obviously, if you didn't hear that, uh, talking about, well, our three-day test capitulation. Who are you blaming? And if you like, you can allocate a percentage, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Two days before the test, people were carrying on about a photo of the pitch. Uh, I said at the time, I didn't think the pitch uh, in the end would be the thing that we'd be screaming about at the end of it. No, we just had to get used to India preparing those kind of pitches and get ready for spin. People were screaming for ICC action from just the strength of that photo. The pitch didn't beat us. I'm not blaming the curators. Maybe you are. Who are you blaming? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'm partly blaming our overreaction to the fear of what the pitch might do, but not the curators. Um, are you blaming the Aussie selectors, as Sammy Edmund suggested? He thinks he is. Pat Cummins and Andrew McDonald and those that dropped Travis Head. You can't really blame the selectors, even though they got one wrong dropping Head, because they also got one right playing Todd Murphy instead of Agar or Swepson. Although, as I mentioned, at least if they hadn't played Murphy, the test might have gone five days because India might have made eight for 800. But maybe dropping Travis Head made or cost us a little bit or killed our morale and cost us 50 in both innings. Are you blaming our refusal to drop Dave Warner? Are you blaming our lack of a lead-in tour match? Are you blaming our soft test summer against easy beats? Uh, Or does this go back to removing Justin Langer, our toughness under the heat when challenged is now gone and the boys are you know more running their own show a bit more so maybe the edge is gone so who are you blaming one three hundred seven three six seven three six got a heap of footy to talk about later on as well and simon hill host of the global game to talk some soccer uh, by the way speaking of cricket barats under racing with alex carey also after two o'clock so to your calls one three hundred seven three six seven three six and we'll start with dale on the road great to have you dale thanks for kicking us off today welcome to the program Thanks, Dwayne. I appreciate it. Um, I just feel um, from the Blend game. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, you're on the air. Thank you. Um, I just feel in terms of when are the selectors going to take responsibility? So they got one right and they got one wrong, didn't they? Team all together. I think we're losing you there, Dale. You obviously can't hear me or I can't hear you properly, but um, anything else you wanted to add to that? You're blaming the selectors? I just think they pick the wrong team all the time and we keep blaming pitchers as such. I don't think it's the wicket. That's a separate part of it. But I think when we go out there, we should be ready to play the game. So who would you have picked other than the 11? Who would you have had out of the 11 and who would you have put in? The, the no-brainer is dropping Travis Head. And I think from a spin option, now all of a sudden you've taken Agar over there, but then it doesn't look like he'll ever get a game. So, and then we've got Truman going up over there. Yeah, look, obviously, Dale, the selection is one thing that a lot of people is blaming big time. And who we select yep. for this second test, that's why it's such a big issue. Who we select for this second test is going to be huge. Tony in Bayswater, your thoughts on the cricket. Welcome to you. Who are you blaming? First of all, I'd like to thank you for the this is Wildcats tickets. That was a good good game up until the last quarter where the Wildcats absolutely blew them away. Yeah, I was there but, myself um, and uh, couldn't believe that last quarter. That forty that forty one point last quarter just yeah. Anyway, um, I'd, I'd retire Dave Warner. I think I think it's time. Um, he probably should have gone out on the high after he was playing with that cramp and he got that that really good score in Australia. But I, I think it's time for David Warner to retire, just accept his fate. I, I, what's he got left to prove? Seriously. Well, no one gives it up, though, do they? Who gives it up these days in the world of sport? Very few go out on top. Most people want to get every last ounce out of the lemon because you are retired for a long time. I can understand Dave Warner not just handing it up and saying, I'm done. And to be honest, he might not be the worst of our problems right now. Uh, is he in form? Well, he had one great innings over the summer. He didn't look in spectacular form in the Big Bash either. But we've got bigger, we've got bigger issues than just Dave Warner, or do you think that's the biggest of them? I think it's time to re-blood, re-blood the team, get, get some, get some uh, different people in. And I, I think he's, he's, he's squeezed the lemon so much, there's no lemon juice left for the flake. He, he's done. Thanks for your call, Tony. Hey, by the way, got a heap of stuff to give away, and we've got a prize for you as well. A heap of stuff to give away. Uh, a Signet Boost Power Bank valid at fifty nine ninety five coming your way. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered twenty four seven. Some breaking news as well as we came on air uh, regarding Peter Bowl. He's just tweeted a statement below. So uh, I'll read from his statement. Uh, last month, I told everyone that I was innocent and asked that everyone in Australia believe me and let the process play out. I was hopeful that the process would exonerate me. This morning, I am relieved to report that it did. I was just informed that my B sample did not confirm my A sample. My provisional suspension has been lifted by Sport Integrity Australia. The relief I'm feeling is hard to describe. So that's the latest news with Peter Bowl, and it's pretty big news and uh, a relief to all of us, really, um, let alone how much of a relief it must be for Peter Bowl. So um, that's the latest news there. Uh, back to your calls. Dave in Richmond, welcome to you. Dave, you want to talk cricket and jack jumpers. Welcome to you, Dave. Oh, yeah, I watched the, the first 10 the other night. They were pretty disappointing, Dwayne. And your reason yeah. why, do you think? 
Zealand's a hard team to match up on. I watch them regularly, and it's a real grind. It's almost like Tassie playing themselves. So who do you think is going to win the whole thing? Is it the Kings and then Daylight second? I think Cairns could beat Sydney. Yeah, I'm still not completely sold on Cairns, but it would shake the competition up if Cairns all of a sudden beat Sydney. Gee, it would shake Sydney up, so um, maybe it's something should, for those people who don't like the Kings and don't like the way the Kings go about it and might not think the owner's their cup of tea. Uh, maybe the Cairns uh, win is something that the rest of Australia will be barracking for. Um, yeah, now the Wildcats are out. I suppose this station, given our owner is the owner of the Wildcats, uh, need to find someone else to barrack for, and there's no Melbourne-based team in it. Uh, appreciate your call, David, and thanks for jumping on. Glenn in Broadmeadows, welcome to you. Glenn, you want to weigh into the cricket debate? Yeah, um, I think for me there's three main issues. I think the biggest issue is the fact that the Sheffield Shield wickets do not turn. I mean, Sheffield Shield wicket uh, pitch after Sheffield Shield pitch just doesn't turn. They're the same every single match. Like they favour the, the pace bowlers or all the batsmen and the spin is just, a lot of the time the spin is only in bowling shield. Um, so the batsmen just aren't used to um, turning wickets. I think it's very simple. If you want to beat Australia, all you need is a couple of decent spinners and a, a pitch that's turning in, in Australia, a, a cook almost. Um, the, the, clearly, the, the, not, there wasn't enough preparation. They needed to do one or two tour matches in India. Now, when the players were chasing the BBL dollar, they should have been in India playing tour matches or in Australia playing a shield match on a turning wicket. And I think the third big thing is the um, pigeonholing of Adam Zampa. If you have a look at Adam Zampa's statistics compared with Ashton Agar's, Adam Zampa's a mile in front, but they've pigeonholed him as a white ball specialist. I, I can't understand why they've done that. So why aren't they rushing Adam Zampa over there then? I can't understand it. Any, I mean, anyone who looks at his figures, his figures are so superior to Ashton Agar and the other, and the other guys they've picked. It doesn't make any sense, but they've just pigeonholed him. It's, to me, it's very similar to Michael Bevan. They pigeonholed Michael Bevan as a white ball specialist he had an issue with the short ball early in his career. He then went back to the Sheffield Shield and he made 100 after 100 after 100. There were years in a row where he was the best Sheffield Shield batsman, but because he had this pigeonholing of being a white ball cricketer, he just never got another go. I think Adam Zampa is the same. He's been pigeonholed as a white ball cricketer only, and it does not matter what he does in red ball cricket. They will not pick him. And it's, I think it's madness. So we also in this death spiral in Australia, and one of the reasons we can't ever win in India, we very rarely win in India is that we don't have truly great spinners here spinning regularly on pitches that take spin in Australia. You mentioned Sheffield Shield, so we don't have, you know, seven or eight or six or seven great spinners across Australia on turning pitches. So when we play here in Australia, we're so used to that form of cricket that when we get to India, it's just so foreign to us. It's a bit like our tennis players never playing on grass and then heading to Wimbledon thinking they're going to win it. It's a bit the same as that, isn't it? I think we don't know if we've got great spinners. I think we might have some really good spinners that no one knows because they don't get picked. I mean, if you have a look at the bowlers that get picked in the shield, there's lots of shield games where there's not a spinner. That's not because mm. the spinners are no good. It's just because the conditions aren't suiting them. I think Steve O'Keefe's a great spinner. If you have a look at his figures, they're very, very good in shield cricket. But there's a lot of games where he was left out because the pitch wasn't turning. Um, so I'm not necessarily sure that there's not, we don't have the spinners. I just think they're not being used because... The wickets aren't turning. I think, you know, we need to have one or two shield venues that, are, that turn. And then we'll know if whether or not we have uh, good spinners or not. And also, Baston will get used to playing spinners. I mean, guys like David Warren, he goes months and months and months without playing on a turning wicket. So it's not surprising that he's just going to struggle when he's gone from, you know, flat tracks and pitches that are favouring fast bowlers to going onto a turning wicket. 
I mean, the issue isn't that our batsmen are no good. The issue is that the batsmen aren't used to playing against spin bowling. Yeah, Glenn, that would be a change-up if all of a sudden one venue in Australia, one pitch in Australia, because maybe that state had two or three really good spinners, started preparing pitches that turned more than other places in Australia. Um, But uh, that's heading into the India direction as to what they do when teams come there to play. Hey, great to have the discussion with you, Glenn. Always great to have you jump on, and I appreciate it. Hold the line. Got something for you. Four tickets to the Melbourne Beer Fest, Katani Gardens, St Kilda, Saturday, 25th of February. Tickets at www.beerfestivals.com.au. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World Out for Midday of Madness. Straight back to your calls and your texts. Uh, none of you so-called experts picked up on the Aussies saying they were too tired even before they got on a plane to India. How could they be tired playing two or three-day tests against the West Indies and South Africa? Give me a spell. Uh, yeah, Dave Warner did say that at the awards night, the border medal night that he was a little cooked. Um, yeah, so maybe they've gone over there too tired. Um, how about if the Aussie batters uh, all started using their feet when they are at the crease? Poor technique is what costs us the test. Uh, Pipe, myself, and all my previously cricket-mad mates can't stand this Aussie, current Aussie setup. Players ruling the roost. There's been a bit of that um, on the text as well, talking about the current Aussie setup. Ha-ha, give me a spell. Even if we pick Travis Head, still have lost by an innings and 130 runs. All the batters were woeful. Uh, the best Australian travelling teams have always performed when they have played with a hard edge. And we're not here to make friends attitude. Well, Alan Border said exactly that. And there's a lot of the text saying exactly that. Are we too friendly now in this modern setup? Here's one of the greatest of all time, Alan Border. Play with a harder edge too. I mean... We're giving blokes thumbs up when they beat us outside the old stumps, you know. I'm, thinking, well, I'm glad you're here, going on? <laughs> that, that is just ridiculous. You know, don't go stupid, but play Australian hard-nosed cricket. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe in giving someone a thumbs up if he's beat me outside the off stump. <laughs> Bloody hell. One of the all-time greats, Alan Border, and has he got a point? I think he has got a point. But I'm old school, so maybe I'm one of those who... Uh, just an old fossil who don't know what the modern sport person does when it comes to playing with an air of kindness, almost as if it's your job and when you knock off, um, a bit like Morn and Ralph, the old cartoon, uh, once you clock off, you're friends again, even though you chase each other around the paddock all day before the clock off time. I would like Australia to play with a harder edge. Again, like Alan Border said, don't go stupid. Um, I agree, Zampa kills Agar. That's from Ben. So many texts coming through. I'll read a heap of your texts out over the course of this uh, end of the hour. Unless we think Travis Hebb was going to score a triple century, I don't think we can blame our selection. Rory in Darwin. I'm blaming the players. They get paid millions each year to be the best in the world. They should be able to adapt to all conditions, just not good enough. All flat-track bullies camp from Churnside Park. Uh, keep your text coming through, 433-98-1116. David and Seaford, thanks for holding as we head back to your calls. Welcome to you, David. Oh, happy Valentine's Day, Dwayne. It's the, uh, it's the day of love, isn't it? And I reckon our boys, I reckon they might just need a little bit more love from, uh, first of all, the Australian cricket public and also from the, uh, the fraternity of past Australian cricketers. I did a little bit of research last night since 2012, India have lost two games at home, two test matches at home. I think the narrative around uh, what happened last week, Australia weren't good enough. But certainly, I think it needs to change around just how unbelievable India are at home. 
and uh, the quality of their two spinners in Jadeja and Ashwin, they're just absolutely elite. And I just think, how difficult is it to win in India? And Ricky Ponting, as great as what he has been, he scored one test hundred in India and it was on his third, maybe fourth tour of the country. It's such a difficult place to play. It's so foreign. You can't replicate the conditions at home. The conversations around warm-up games, on the surface, they seem valid. But the last time that we went there, um, the Board of Control for India produced like this raging green top that was just in no way going to replicate what the Australians were going to face um, in India. It's a really disappointing loss. I get that. But I think also when you see tweets from former Australian greats like Damien Martin saying hashtag Justin Langer, which I think he actually removed, it just doesn't help um, the collective goodwill behind this cricket team. And I think they need our support. It's a very difficult place to play. Um, And I think that on a day of love, sure, we must get behind them a little bit more because... Really, since India lost to England in 2012 over there, they haven't lost a series at home. It's such an unbelievably challenging place to play. And hopefully they can turn it around. And and I think some of our boys have got some good credits in the bank. And I think it's about time that we we give them the opportunity to to fail, like some past greats have done. And hopefully we can come good in the, the second, third and fourth test match. David, I hope you're right. We do come good in the second and third test matches. and But what would you rather? Would you rather Damien Martin, would you rather honesty or a fake uh, put your arms around, cuddle, we're going to be okay, boys, kind of sentiment? I, I'd rather honesty for starters. I get what you're saying, that they need more love, and you might be 100% correct, by the way. Hold the line. I've got something for you. A bottle of Star with twofold double grain Australian whiskey, thanks to Hairy Dog Summer of Aussie Spirits, hairydog.com.au. But I'd ask you this question before you depart, David. How often have Australian teams... And it's tough to win in India. I get that. We never win in India. But how often have we capitulated inside three days? How often have we been all out for less than 100 when the opposition's made 400? So this was not any ordinary defeat. If it had lasted four and a half days and got beaten and a fighting loss, then I get it. But, and I'd be okay with it. Okay, India too damn good. But inside three days? Yeah, it's... Um... It's a worrying trend around the world, though, I reckon, Wayne, of Test cricket. We say that Test cricketers are, are more resilient than what they have been. That They bounce back quicker, I reckon, as opposed to previous generations. Like the next Test match on Friday, I think the Australian cricket team, you know, they will put that at the back of their, their memory and hopefully they bounce back quickly. With Damien Martin, I mean, Justin Langer, his team lost two Test matches to, us, to India out here. So I don't know whether... That's honesty. What I think that does is it doesn't give clear space between Andrew McDonald and, and Pat Cummins and the new team that they're starting. And mm. it's a representative team, they're representative of us. And I just think tweets like that, they're just, they really just don't help our cause. And I know there's, there's honesty and I know we capitulate. And it's a problem for, for world cricket. I don't reckon it's just Australian cricket. Um, but, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's a very challenging place to play. And I, I don't have the answers for you. But this is, a, this is as good a team as what we've got, you know. And there's yeah. no one who's pounding the door down in terms of runs or wickets at home. This is it. Yeah. 
you know, so David, we, we can't really... Appreciate your call. Sorry, got a full, got a full board, so yeah. I've got a full board, so I want to race through as many calls as I can uh, to keep the promise of uh, your call you get on. Jeff, appreciate it, though, and uh, hold the line. We've got a, that bottle of Starwood Twofold Double Grain Australian Whiskey, thanks to Hairy Dog Summer of Aussie Spirits coming your way, hairydog.com.au. Jeff in Manor Lakes, you there, Jeff? G'day, Dwayne. Um, talking about the playing game, I, well, there, there's a lot of different factors. I probably blame the selectors in our tactics, and our tactics probably equally. Um, yeah, Travis Head shouldn't have played. Should have played. Um, I'd certainly bring him in for Warner and have him opening the innings so that he can get started against the hard ball instead of the soft ball. Um, but I also think we hit them for eight for two forty. And we let them just roll on. Mm. And we, to me, we didn't utilise uh, our part-timers enough um, in, the, in this game. You know, Smith and Labrachain should have had more, especially when bowling to the right-handers. But also think our spinners don't have enough variation. You look at the variation that the um, Indian spinners have, that's why I say with bamboozled, they didn't know what delivery they were going to get next. You know, they had some outside the off stump, they had some straight on the back, you know, coming into them. So I think we need a lot more variation in our uh, spin bowling. And what I would also do in this test, if this is a raging turner again, I wouldn't play, I'd only play Cummins as the replacement and I'd bring in Ludeman or Agar so yep. we can have someone bowling a around, you know, outside their off stump, and then you've got Labrachain that can bowl some medium pace if need be. Jeff, appreciate your call there. It's already been in the wires that Scott Boland's expecting to be dropped, whether um, that actually does happen or doesn't happen. Um, we'll probably know in the next 48 hours, but it looks like he's going to go. Uh, and there's going to be probably three changes we're hearing to the Australian 11. So we'll keep an eye on that. I appreciate your call. Travis and Sunbury, you there, Travis, before we head to the news? Great to have you on the line. I appreciate you calling. Listen, I just want to say India beat me three years ago. They were a great team then. And uh, nothing's much changed. India are still a good team and they're a better team than Australia. So accept it. Okay. Yeah, oh, no, I'm happy to accept the loss, and I'm happy to accept that they're a better team than Australia, and I'm happy to accept they're that they they're, they're... Yeah, no, I'm happy to accept all that, Travis. What I'm not happy to accept is that we couldn't even make 100 when they made 400 on a day three pitch, um, and we got beaten inside three days and didn't really seem like we were fighting it out like a true Aussie team would normally fight it out. That's, that's the issue. It's not the loss, it's the manner of the loss, more so, Travis. Well, the same thing happened to South Africa, yeah. They couldn't go past 200. Hmm. Yeah, well, there's a big difference between 79 and 189. Um, so that's the issue. If we, would have, if we could have made, you know, 180 in the second dig, at least we would have gone close to forcing them to bat again. Um, hold the line, Travis. Yeah, got yeah. something for you as well. Uh, Cameron Green, there's a bit of doubt as to whether he's going to be available. Uh, Mitchell Stark also 
is the big change that we're expecting. But how fit are these guys going to be? That's the issue as well. We've got a Brick Lane Brewing voucher coming your way, Travis. Brick Lane, one love pale ale, perfect for all occasions. And the ultimate crowd pleaser, drink responsibly. Great to have your company for Dwayne to for Midday Matters for Melbourne Roadside Rescue. Put the wrong fuel in your car. Visit upshipcreek.com.au. Straight back to your calls. And your text, a uh, couple of texts, a lot of the players have played IPL. They should be used to the conditions. We can't sugarcoat a soft batting effort. Um, love the new music pipe. That's from Jason in South Croydon. Another one, Dwayne, great tune. Glad you're enjoying it. We went with a new theme for this year. Um, Placebo's been great. Uh, loud like love for three years, I reckon. But, yeah, I like a bit of start. Stardust is a nice theme to go with, so I uh, hope you're enjoying it too. Uh, Eugene from Wheelers Hill, great tune, Dwayne. Um, love the new track as well. So plenty of people coming through with uh, their love of the new tune. Plenty of people coming through on the text with their love of Rihanna's performance yesterday. So we'll get to the Super Bowl and a bit of AFL a little bit later on. I think Hugh and Mount Eliza's on the line wants to talk Super Bowl. But DT on the road, you've been holding a little while. Welcome to you, DT. Yeah, thank you very much, Wayne. How are you? Good. That's the way. I think uh, i got a bit of formula. You know, I grew up in India and I know how the locals play pretty much and uh, when it comes to spin uh, you need a special skill mate uh, and I think not many players in the lineup right now they can play the spin properly except for again uh, the greats of Lavushan and um, Steve Smith but I think if you talk to an Australian cricket team or any member tell them to go to any general store locally Go get a plastic ball, mate. Plastic ball, okay? No rubber ball, no tennis ball, not a season ball. Tell them to get a plastic ball, a wooden bat, and practice using that plastic ball. It turns, it swings, play on the road, play anywhere. It will teach you how to play spin, how to tackle spin. With this latest, you know, leather ball, yes, it's good because this is what they've been playing. But again, if you want to play and improve the spin, this is the only way. This is how the local cricketers, even Indian stars, they grew up playing. DT, I appreciate your call, uh, and I appreciate your holding for a while. So many calls on this, so many texts coming through. What should Australia do between what they've got now, time-wise, and the second test? And, yeah, the practice on the pitches is going to be a critical thing. How quickly you can learn. Well, they're pretty... I mean, they're professional cricketers, how quickly they can. But, yeah, I mean, old coaches that I know used to throw. Well, I used to play on um, the covered wickets or the mouthboard, as we called it in the old days, but uh, concrete wickets. And they'd, you know, throw a few stones down. Um, some coaches would throw a bit of Lego down. And, uh, yeah. boy, would you concentrate when there was Lego sitting there um, at the pitch area uh, when you planted your front foot down there knowing it was going to turn on take a big, a big deviation. Great to have you called, DT. Andrew and Nidra, you there, Andrew? Welcome to you. Oh, uh, thanks, Dwayne, and, and this is a great discussion. Um, Dwayne, you know, uh, when, when, a, when a side wins the AFL Premiership, most, a lot of clubs follow what that club does um, and they copy the, their, their style. Uh, Australia's had plenty of years to copy the Indian style in, uh, to play in India. They, they picked the wrong side again. They're mentally weak. The preparation's poor. The selection of, uh, of pool of players is too narrow. And they go for the same formula every time. And they fail. You know, um, you know, they, these guys are good cricketers. But 
uh, you can be a good cricketer, but you're not suited for the conditions. And and that's what the Australian side's about. They're, now, they might come around this, this test and prove everybody wrong and do, you know, because, but it'll be done by individual players, you know, and they'll be the Smiths and Labuchades, those type of players, and maybe, uh, you know, good bowling performance by one player. But it's fundamentally wrong. The, the way they select the side is wrong. And um, until they pick a side to play the conditions um, and have the form to play those conditions, they'll, they'll lose every time. Well, we're on track yeah, to lose every time the way we're playing at the moment. I'm not sure we've got yeah. that many players that are automatic, straight back in and perform kind of guys outside no. of Travis Head. So we are caught between a rock and a hard place with what we've got and what we've taken, even though we're about to rush a couple over. Adam Zampa, not one of those they're rushing over. Great to have you call for calls for Midday Matters. Keep them coming through. Midday Matters for Melbourne Roadside Rescue. Put the wrong fuel in your car. Visit upshipcreek.com.au. Hugh and Mount Eliza, thanks for holding. Hugh, you want to talk Super Bowl? I certainly do, Dwayne. Um, on the way to work yesterday, like I am now, listening to uh, Jared's call, for someone who doesn't know the game a great deal, he was brilliant. The game was exciting, which helped. But I just kept putting myself in uh, uh, Chris Scott. Can you imagine Chris Scott being the Philadelphia coach with all the close calls they got and then the ones at the end where, you know, they didn't get and they kind of lost the game because of it. Um their review compared to our arc, it just took so long, but there was good and bad in it. Just wondering what you think. Well, it's it's a different sport, and Jared does a great job of calling it, by the way, so I agree with that. Um, but I, it's a different sport, and I get the call at the end of it. I agree that it should have been called, because a lot of times people would say, well, that wouldn't have been called in other games. But Mahomes was throwing to Smith-Schuster. That's, that, that's where the throw was going. So if the throw was to the other side and that play, he wasn't even going to be in the play, then I get not calling it. But that was the key side that Mahomes was throwing to, to that player. And I think the little grab was worthy of calling myself. So I don't mind it. And I've seen plenty of NFL games where things like that have been called. So I, I enjoy it for the different sport that it is. I'm not sure I watch it like most people and compare it to Australian rules all the time. I think there's just some unique parts about the NFL that you just got to enjoy as uniquely to the NFL. And they have 20-odd different ways of looking at a replay for their review system. So they have so many more camera angles, so many more camera angles in high definition that I get that they're going to take longer than us who might have five and not in high definition. So there's less chance of getting something as definitively overturned as they have. As they have. Yeah, I just thought it was very good. The fact that they, you know, they could call a review. Each team had a review, and yeah. uh, maybe we won't go down that track. Yeah, I don't think we should go down that track either. Myself, of ever having a coach's review, uh, let's hope we never do. I'm one that doesn't believe that that would fit in AFL. I think it fits in the NBL. It fits in the NBA because the NBL basketball is more of a stop-start sport. You can call a timeout, and until the AFL gets to the stage where you can call a timeout like you can in the NFL or the NBL. I'm dead against ever having a coach's review in the AFL. Um, unless we ever get to timeout situations and then a coach will say, timeout, I'm calling for a review on this one. Great to have you call. Hugh, keep your text coming through. Um, you know, there's a few coming through on Rihanna as well. Some saying that uh, they didn't really think she was that good. Um, keep your text. 0433 98 if you want to jump on 
the text machine, and we'll read a heap of your texts out, 0433 98 A couple on the Super Bowl. Uh, what do you think of the halftime entertainment? Rihanna was okay, but was lip-syncing out of time. Would have been better if she did it with Pink or even Adele was there. Robbie Williams was so much better than Rihanna. Um, to be honest, Rihanna was Rihanna. I mean, songs are cool. Whether she sang or lip-synced or not, it was the show. And that's the difference between what we expect when we go and see a performer, we quite often expect them to sing every word. And if you're singing a couple out of tune because you're dancing and you're out of breath, well, so be it. Whereas, you know, this is more about the staging and Rihanna being the queen and delivering for Rihanna fans what was iconic about Rihanna. So, yeah, you can compare Rihanna to Robbie Williams, but it's not, it's not really the same, I don't think. you just got to enjoy Rihanna for being Rihanna. And she's, she's brilliant at being Rihanna. Um, keep your tests coming through. I hope the Philadelphia Eagles don't cut Aaron Sipos after he shanked the kick, which almost resulted in a punt return all the way. They are ruthless in the NFL. That's from Dean. And, yeah, Aaron Sipos, unfortunately, his punt wasn't deep enough. He dropped punted to a specific spot, um, not just torpedo for extra distance. And it was the longest kick return in Super Bowl history. So, yeah, what the repercussions are going to be for Aaron Sipos. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, thanks to all of you who sent through a text on the Super Bowl. I'll read a heap more out a little later. John in Port Augusta has been holding for a long time. Welcome to you, John. Hi, Dwayne. Yeah, just uh, on the cricket, uh, the West Indies, this is why they're the best side I've ever seen, and I couldn't imagine too many sides in the history of the great game being better than them because they did not lose a series in 1995. So I gather they would have played India in India in that time as well. Um, their debt was unbelievable. You saw them, I saw them. A lot of the listeners would have been on the vintage that we saw them. The list goes on. I'm not going to name individual players, but there's so many of them. But they, were the, they conquered India. Um, Australia, no surprise. I mean, I don't know what the answers are, but Australia only won their 69-70 under Bill Laurie and Ricky Ponting out of Gilgrid side in 2004. Um, I don't know what the answers are, Dwayne, but I, I disagree. I slightly, and I like your work and all that, but I slightly disagree with you about bringing back the, the boorishness, if you like, in the Australian side. Yeah. One of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I'm not a Steve Waugh fan, as you all know, is a selfish cricketer and also his mental disintegration. Appreciate your call, John, and uh, you've been on that uh, side of the Steve Waugh equation for quite a while now, so... Uh, your relentless nature is noted on it. Thanks for your call. A couple of texts that have come through. Dwayne, do you realise that Australia have won one series in India since 1969 and that India have won 15 consecutive home series? India haven't lost at home since 2013. Yeah, I get all that. It's just a three-day capitulation that I don't think can be accepted without some sort of ability to critique it in this way. And that's the beauty of Midday Madness. You get a chance on this program every day to critique anything you like and have your say on stuff. So... Cricket's now on the agenda. It'll be something else tomorrow, probably. Uh, Shane Maxey has a broken leg. He'll be straight into this Aussie side. Ryan in Caulfield, thanks for that. Um, the Aussie cricketers are put up in seven-star hotels and can't perform. The Invincibles spent months on a ship eating soup and spam and didn't lose a game. Um, that would put them on a diet of spam and see how they go. Steve from Frankston agrees with Eugene from Wheelers Hill. Top tune. Glad you enjoy a little bit of stardust. Dwayne, the problem for the Aussies is that they lack fight. Blokes who have uh, had it, a lack of care and control when batting, uh, i.e. Carey's reverse sweep shots. Tim in Berwick. Well, Alex Carey's going to join Baratson to race in 
with an interview that will play after 2 o'clock as well. Uh, IPL pitches, nothing like test pitches. People have no idea. They are a lot different. I agree with that as well. Uh, can't blame anyone. Just got to get better at spin. Um, another here, I used to stick up for Warner to annoy my mate, but I even I can't stick up for him anymore. Been horrible for years now. Time's up. That's from Buster. Uh, hi, Dwayne. They're serious about winning an India batsman. Had to practice for weeks on spinning wickets in the lead-up. T20 doesn't qualify. George from Blackie South. Got a few on the text. Absolutely loving Rihanna. Rihanna was awesome. I never watched the AFL Grand Final Halftime Entertainment. I used that time to cook the barbie or have a chat and a beer, but I always tune into the NFL Halftime Show because it's an amazing spectacle, and spectacle-wise, it was absolutely amazing. Another one here. I thought Rihanna was magnificent. How are people complaining? Paul in Maribyrnong, if you don't like what Rihanna does when Rihanna is at her absolute best Rihanna, then you probably weren't going to like yesterday. But that's exactly what she does, and she did it magnificently again. More of your calls on the Super Bowl after we take a break for news coming up. So if you want to jump on the line, one 736 is that open line. Brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. Blackie and Doreen, if you want to... J- um, give us a little bit of your thoughts on the cricket before the news. Welcome to you, Blackie. Hello, Dwayne. How are you? Hey, just Good. quickly, we know elite sport is probably 90% above the shoulders. I just want to put this to you. Um, Australia made you know, 177, probably a little bit below par, but not a total disaster for what that pitch was playing. But I think Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon really set the tone of that batting performance because they shouldn't have got 400. Now, you've got the, the captain and number one bowler in the world. You've got a bloke who's taken 450 wickets. What we actually needed both of them to do, we needed Cummings to bowl probably to what? Bowl and bowl? We needed Nathan Lyon to replicate a kid on debut. We didn't need him to be stars. We just needed him to, at a minimum, to bowl that because, you know what, Dwayne? Instead of going in at maybe 60 runs behind, they're going in at 230 mentally that they they knew that they and unless one or two of them batted to you know uh, of the innings of their lives, they were going to lose that test match. And let's face it, they could have made 250, and they were still going to lose that test match by 10 wickets. They mm. uh, it all got down to in, India's innings, and the two most experienced players or bowlers in that team that have got great records didn't stand up. They let their side down. Wayne's for Master Builders Victoria want the best in industry training. Contact Master Builders Victoria and for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. Great to have your company. More midday madness calls. Jump on that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. 1300 736 736. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Deal of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy and you can drop down and see David and Janan and Aid and Jim and the whole team at Werribee Kia. They'd love to see you. A couple of texts coming through on what I mentioned earlier about the NRL starting two weeks before the AFL. So if you've got a thought on this, the NRL's preseason games are already being played. So uh, we're played last weekend. And their season begins two weeks before our footy season, March 2, when it normally starts about March 10, uh, last year and most years. So it's normally about a week before our season starts, the AFL season starts, but they're starting two weeks before the AFL this year, March 2, where our season starts March 16. Should we be starting earlier? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Should we be starting March 2? We've got 24 rounds this season, so teams play 23 games each, so an extra game per team due to the 
Festival of Footy or the Gather Round in Adelaide. The three-game pre-season comp that we once had in the AFL, the pre-season cup, is gone. So in reality, we're actually getting less footy in total. We're getting more meaningful home-and-away footy this year with an extra round, but less total footy. So should we stick to one? Well, probably should stick to one official pre-season game. I'm happy with that. But a 24-game season per team rather than 23 or a 25-game season per team, you could play everyone at least once and eight teams twice. We could start the first week of March like the NRL. It's Feb 14 now, so our AFL season starts in 30 days. The NRL season starts in 16. If you've got a thought on that, one 300 I'll take a few of your calls. Tamsin Manu is also going to join me to give us the latest understanding of this Peter Bowl tweet. So Peter Bowles tweeted essentially that he thinks his B sample is clear, but there has been um, a sport integrity uh, statement, Sport Integrity Australia statement on Peter Bowl, recapping that Peter Bowl has tweeted a statement in the last hour that his B sample uh, did not confirm his A sample, but the Sport Integrity um, email that's gone out essentially says, or well, one line is, the investigation into this matter remains ongoing. So um, we'll have a chat to Tamsin Manu in about 10 minutes or 15 minutes' time. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you'd like to join me. Until then, uh, the NRL play more rounds. That's from Sam. Yeah, I get that, but we can play more rounds too. I mean, what are we constrained by? Uh, the NRL could start a year ago and it wouldn't have any effect on our great game. Irrelevant. Thanks for that text as well. It's just a thought. I mean, are we ready for footy in 16 days? I think NRL fans are pretty keen to get it going. Um, Dwayne, who's Rihanna? That's from Paul. Well, she's pretty big, Paul. So, uh, yeah, I get it, uh, what you're saying, but she is pretty damn big and uh, rolled out a couple of really big hits yesterday. Um, with the Aussie cricket team, aren't we having the same conversation as we did with the Australian soccer team? One bad game and the coach has to go. Well, I don't think anyone's saying that Andrew McDonald has to go, um, but they are saying, would we have a harder edge if Justin Langer was still in control? That's the issue. Uh, the NFL, this is on the replay system in the NFL as well, saying a caller earlier saying they take a lot of time. Uh, the NFL are fastidious about calling every penalty. It's not a sport where umpires let things go pending the state of the game. That's from J-Dog, and I agree with you, J-Dog. It's a lot different the way they use their review system as to the way we do. And again, as I mentioned earlier, they've got a lot more cameras, a lot more high-definition cameras, a lot more angles to look at because they do want to get a definitive call as opposed to, oh, we only had grainy vision, so we can't really overturn it. They're normally definitive one way or the other, which is great about it. Another one here, in sport, you need a settled side. Making changes for no reason is stupid. The state of South Australia was up in arms over the Travis head dropping. It was a ridiculous pipe. It'll be like Port Magpies dropping Darren Smith. Uh, thanks for that analogy. A lot of people around Australia um, won't know who Smithy is, but I get your analogy because I do. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jump on the open line. Midday matters. Still got a few things to give away as well as part of Midday Madness, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you'd like to join me, and we'll take a couple of your calls. Um, Tamsin Manu has been good enough to jump on the line now, so we'll go straight to Tamsin. Tamsin, welcome back to the program. Always great to have you on, so I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's a good day for athletics. It is, although just reading the, the latest statement um, as well, saying that the investigation is still going ongoing. So uh, how do we read Peter Bowles' tweet and then read the Sport Integrity Australia 
tweet as well about the B sample and, and equate it. That's why we've got experts on like you on. Well, I'm not sure I'm an expert in this area, but I think at some point you have to believe in the integrity and the personality of a person. And I feel that Pete's really performed remarkably on and off the track for the last you know, few years. And I think we should believe in him. Until we get told not to, I think we should definitely believe in him. And he was one of those athletes when the news came out, you could collectively hear across the country this heartbreak. It was just something that nobody wanted to believe. And there's a reason why people didn't believe the news um, when it first came out. It's because of the character of Peter Boll. Um, I just, I've, I've, I don't believe it. And I think the fact is that he's a clean athlete. And I think the fact that the B samples come back negative um, and Pete's put out the statement, I think we should believe in him. So is he now able to compete for Australia or at one stage will he be able to compete for Australia now that he's tweeted that he thinks he's clear or that the B sample doesn't agree with his A sample at least? I don't want to put words in his mouth. <laughs> no, well, listen, I, I think that Pete has said for the whole time that this was played out that he's innocent. So I think it's just now about him going back to the training track and getting himself in shape and then coming out and competing when he's ready. It's got to be pretty tough for him to compete next, you know, in the next couple of days after the month he's been through. I think, you know, anybody who is human and is innocent and gets called a cheat would struggle through that time to even do any sort of training because mentally they'd be so fatigued. So I think it's, it's irrelevant, the timeline of when he can come back, because I think for, for Pete, it's more about putting that focus back onto the world champs, which is in Hungary later in the year, and then getting his body right for that. And I also think it's really important. Um, you know, I think I'm one of the number one people who puts my hand up and says drug cheats shouldn't be allowed to compete in, in sport and they should be banned for life. But I think in this instance, you have to put faith in, in the fact that, you know, Pete, we've built, Pete's innocent. And I think that, you know, we should just get behind him now. Until anything's ever proven differently, um, you know, I think that it's important that we now step back and realise that something's gone amiss with this testing situation. And hopefully they get to the bottom of that and that plays out. But at the moment, we just believe in Pete and let him go about his business. How often does the B sample not agree with the A sample? It's really rare. The percentage is really low. So it's, it's very strange for it to ever come back um, with the B sample not matching up with the A. But I think that's just a clear indication in this case that, you know, Pete's um, A sample was, was probably there was something wrong with it. And um, it should never have leaked to the press, to be honest. It should never have had to come to the point where they had to come out and make and, and tell people what was going on because the A sample... Um, usually gets tested, the athlete gets informed, and then they wait till the B sample before any news comes out. So this has played out in a really different way, and I guess that's just because Pete, um, you know, got quite a following, and people have um, are, are interested in his life and what he's going um, going um, on in his life. And I think for for athletes these days, it's very different to back in the day when we didn't have social media. If they're not out there training or they're not out there posting things, then people become a little bit more aware as to what's going on. So they think you could be injured or they'll, you know, they'll, they'll take guesses. So I think for in, in this instance, I think that, you know, Pete's A sample coming out was probably really bad. And, um, and, and I'm guessing that something will happen around that as well moving forward. So the evolution of the testing regime, uh, how is it now in the eyes of the athletes? Are they happy with the system as it stands right now? Oh, look, I don't think an athlete, even through time when the testing system started, has ever been happy with the testing um, system. I, 
every athlete appreciates the fact that there is a testing system because you want sport to be clean. However, you just have to look back to the 2000 Olympics where Marion Jones was clearly cheating, but she was never caught by the drug testing system. She was caught through another means where she was backed into a corner and had to admit to her misdemeanours. So I think with these these testings, there's always going to be flaws in the system, but you will hope with any flaw or any mistake that occurs, um, they'll go back and they'll work out what's gone wrong and they'll fix it moving forward. I think in this case... Elite athletes have, you know, varying, um, you know, when they did the blood blood passports. Do you know about the blood passports? Mm, yeah. Every athlete has a different sort of, you know, we're all different. Every athlete is very different. So you've got your individual markers. And I think that was a really good way to check athletes to see if they were outside of their own zone. And who knows, somebody like the Pete will have a very different markers to another elite athlete. And I think maybe that something's gone amiss there and they'll just have to go back and work out what has happened. And that's why the integrity unit will say that it's not a closed book yet because they have to go back and work out what went wrong. Why was the A sample different to the B sample? You've got to work that out because that can't be happening. No, especially with Paris, what's about a year and a bit away. So we're not far away. And we always get to the stage of a new Olympics coming around and we hope with our fingers crossed that uh, it's going to be the cleanest Olympics we've ever had. But mm. there's always this doubt that how clean is it? Um, are yeah. we heading in that direction, that it is getting cleaner Olympics by Olympics? You know, I think that federations are starting to make stances. You saw with cycling when they did what they did with Lance Armstrong. People are sick of seeing drug cheats getting away with cheating. So I think it's really important that federations make stands. World Athletics made a stand against Russia. Um, you know, they still haven't been allowed to come back in. Athletes know that you, if you cheat, it doesn't mean because you get away with it now that you're going to get away with it in four years' time. They go back and they, they check samples. And I think by doing that retrospectively, um, it has enabled the sports to clean up a little bit. Of course, you still have the, those people who are willing to push the boundaries for that, you know, immediate glory. But you would hope that eventually any cheat gets found out. I think the sport is cleaner than it was, you know, decades ago. Um, I think people know that, you know, you're going to get found out. Federations want want to catch the cheats. But is it ever going to be totally clean? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I, I'd love to think that it would be. But I think, you know, even in Paris Olympics, there will be those athletes who do try to push the limits and do do the wrong thing. But fingers crossed, they get caught. Tamsin, great to have you on. I really appreciate you jumping on at short notice and uh, giving us your thoughts on this um, revelation by Peter Bowl through his tweet. We'll talk soon. Thanks very much for having me on. One of our greats, Tamsin Mano, joining us. Need to take a break shortly, but your calls one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you'd like to join us, uh, whether it's whether the AFL should be starting earlier, given the NRL are getting a two week jump on us. This season, one here on the text, absolutely we should start earlier. Dwayne, we're in a colder climate, and with the Tassie team likely to come in, it would make even more sense to start earlier. Imagine playing uh, the Cowboys in early March. Uh, Thanks for that. Um, Appreciate your call there. I'm not sure where you're going with that one on the Cowboys. Uh, Dwayne, uh, also don't forget we have a long weekend in Victoria. Also could have a Sunday night game. Well, I was pushing for us to start a week earlier to use that long weekend a couple of months ago, but obviously I didn't get my way. Uh, Dwayne, 18-minute quarters in AFL or 10% less game time would allow for 10% more rounds and the possibility of up to 26 games. Uh, COVID had 16 minutes, so 18 would be nice middle ground. Cheers, David, and that was discussed quite a bit. 
as well. Um, no, the AFL season should not start earlier. The season is too long as it is. The NRL season is too long as well. Another here shouldn't start earlier. Encroaches too much on local cricket season. Mike, thanks for that. Uh, yes, the AFL season should start earlier. Another one here restrained by the AFLPA. with well, are currently having a new collective bargaining agreement negotiated. So that's an easier negotiation to have. If we could have a couple of extra games, would that be part of the new collective bargaining agreement? Should we start earlier? We're kind of ready for footy, aren't we? Um, and one round to get used to the four umpiring system. Uh, that's another from Ash as well. Watch this space. There's been a bit of talk about the four umpire system as well. Wayne's World for Master Builders Victoria. Want the best in industry training? Contact Master Builders Victoria. And for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. Anybody who listens to this show or has followed social media knows that I'm a milk drinker. We've been inundated with texts, tweets, emails over the last couple of weeks to get Jason Gilby on the show because he loves milk as well. Um, and because of my milk uh, uh, enjoyment, uh, and there's been pictures of me on the internet taken by my daughter, one of them posted by her, of me drinking milk by the carton in the spa. Uh, another couple that have been posted uh, by SEN as well, me drinking milk by the carton in the commentary box. Uh, we thought we'd get the latest milk drinker on the program, Jason Gilby. He's joined the Giants, and he's joined the Giants as a Category, category B rookie. And uh, there's been a lot of milk drinking articles written about him. Jason, welcome to the program. You've come a, become a bit of an overnight sensation. Welcome to you. Nah, thanks very much for having me, Dwayne. Yeah, it's, it's so gee, it's so weird. Like probably the most random thing that you can think of to go to go viral overnight for. But yeah, here we are. So I'm going to open the lines as well shortly on what the new nickname for. Well, even my producer's got Jason Gilby, the Milkman, as your nickname. You've got a nickname for Jason. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six or oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. I heard you called the calcium kid uh, in one article. Is there a nickname the boys are going with? Um, I don't, sort of on the track. There's a few that have got like Milky's a bit bit easier to say than Milkman, but like I suppose in the gym and around the club, there's been Milkman a little bit. And then yeah, there was one the calcium kid. I have topped that a couple of times, but um, no, nah, sort of Milky or Milkman. So have you done the research? So you replaced water in your diet with milk. Milk's, what, 90% water and then the electrolytes and sodium and potassium and there's a bit of fat and carbs and protein yep. in there, a little bit of cholesterol too if you're 40-plus. But have you done the research? You've replaced your water intake with milk and has the club, the Giants, asked you to stop doing that? Um, no, nah, not at the moment. I'm pretty, I'm still pretty light. I'm pretty light frame sort of fella. So at the, it's still all right at the moment. But yeah, I sort of just think, yeah, like I was getting the same effect out of it. Like I was staying hydrated and like I enjoyed the taste of milk over water and like I, like, and there was nothing going wrong. So I just sort of started drinking it instead of water. Other than obviously in game, it's a little bit hard because it, it goes a bit warm. I'm not sure if you like warm milk, but no. um, I, I hate warm milk, so I can't, I can't drink it in game, but yeah, I, I haven't really done any research. I just sort of preferred it, and it was seemed to be doing an okay job, so I just stuck with it. So you grew up in New South Wales in Barrandal, but you spent a lot of time yeah. in Bendigo, in Victoria. I've seen the pictures of you drinking out of out of a two litre uh, plastic carton. I'm, I think it tastes better in actually a, a 
a cardboard carton. Do, do you find that there's a difference in taste? A beer drinker knows the difference in a beer between drinking it from a bottle and a can. I think there's a difference when it comes to milk too. Do you? Oh, for, yeah, for sure. Like 100%. We had mum got some groceries sent to us up here the other day. She must have called people up and there was two cartons of, uh, cardboard cartons of milk and I, you know, I can't drink them like I drink plastic cartons. See, I'd prefer the plastic carton, but there's a huge difference in taste, I reckon. I agree with you. Have you got a favourite milk as well? I'm so I'm in country Victoria. So I my yeah. favourite full cream is Apostle Whey, but I can't drink full cream all the time. And I'm presuming you have to drink light or unleaded. Um, and Ingle Nook Dairy has a good unleaded that I like to drink. Is there a preferred milk um, manufacturer that you like? No, well, I'm actually I'm still on the full cream at the moment, just because it does help me probably put on a little bit of weight. And I. When I moved to Bendigo, I started drinking light because that was all the host family had. So I sort of, I didn't used to like that, but then I sort of trained myself to drink light milk. But I'm back on the full cream now. Um, but you know, do you know the farmhouse gold one? Yep, yep. It's, uh, yep. it's got a little bit of cream on the top. Yeah, there's that, there's that one. But like just the normal, like the, that's a gold bottle, but just the normal blue, the normal farmhouse yep. one, that one's, I reckon that's really nice. But I feel like it's a little bit bit pricey than the other one so sometimes I have to steer clear of that but no I reckon that one's a go-to. Uh, yeah it's uh, it's addictive the full cream but uh, once you get the full cream and you've, you're kind of used to it it's hard to go to the lighter milk. Hey it's probably underrating your footy ability because what you won the 2k draft combine time trial as well and were taken by the Giants as a category B rookie so uh, you can play as well by the way Jason. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like to think that I can, I sort of can hold my own. Um, yeah, I suppose someone who can, who can run for most of the day. I suppose that's where I've sort of got to stay with my strength. So I've got to keep working to my strength. So um, yeah, I like to think I can yeah, play a little bit, but we'll see how the, the season pans out when we get started. So you've got Adam Kingsley now as your coach. You've never played under another AFL coach, so you, at least, it's good to be able to have you on because I can't ask you about the comparison. How have you found pre-season so far? It's been awesome. Like it's, a, I suppose it was a little bit like it wasn't it wasn't the best year for the Giants last year, as everyone knows. But I think like the first, yeah, the first the start of preseason, like it's such a good place to be at the moment. Like the vibes are so high, and everyone just loves. I suppose, everyone just loves being around each other. So and the, the standards so high at the moment, so competitive. Like every, everyone's trying to beat each other out there already, and like yeah, it's, it's so full on. But um. It's it's awesome, and he's got, King has got a heap of new ideas, and everyone's learning. Like everyone's learning a new game plan at the same time, so everyone's yeah, we're all learning together. So no, nah, it's an awesome place to be at the moment. How far do you feel off their best twenty-two? Um, I don't. We'll start. We've started matching a little bit, so there's a few. I'm I suppose I'm sort of trying for that like that wing position with the the running ability. So there's a, there's a few. There's four or five of us um, in contention for that. So. I'm not, we'll start. We'll start match him properly pretty soon. So I think that'll be a good gauge. But I think it's yeah, it's just learning structure and and all that, and then probably putting on a little bit of size to be able to play at level. But I think like the running capacity and all and the skills can hopefully can hold up. But yeah, we'll have to see when we get a little bit deeper into preseason. So do you think you'll get a? Well, how are we going to run the preseason? Is it going to be the probables against the the possibles? Have you been mixing the two teams in? Because I presume you've had a couple of internal trials already. Yeah, we have. Um, it's there's no there's no real like like there's no A's and B's at the moment. We play we'll play probably 
four quarters Friday will be a will be a big hit out, and then um, so it'll, we'll see what the what the teams look like that. But it's been pretty even the most like the last few weeks. Like everyone, like the, the games have been really close. So it's sort of got a mixture of, of younger boys and the older boys, and yeah, and everyone in between. So um, no, at the moment it's been pretty even, but it'll be interesting to see what it all looks like when I suppose they start putting like the, the seniors and reserves together a bit. And have you got a captain or captains officially announced yet? Uh, not not officially. There was uh, we had the, we had a talk about that the other day. So I'd say it won't be too long now. But um, us younger kids didn't. We don't get to get to vote on that as we probably like well, we haven't been in the system long enough or um, yeah probably know the boys quite well enough. So we don't get to vote on that. But um, yeah, I don't think it'll be too long before that's all announced. Jason, great to have you on. Let's hope the makers of Farmhouse Gold listened uh, and heard you naming them as your favourite and let's hope they can send you up a couple of cartons and maybe sponsor you once you hit the big time. We'll talk soon. Good drinking. Yeah, for sure. Nah, thanks very much for having me. I'll talk to you later. Jason Gilby joining us, Giants rookie milk lover. And keep your texts coming through. Um, Ernie, they should be his nickname. <laughs> I like that. That's from Paul on the text. Uh, for those who don't know Ernie, um, he drove the fastest milk cart in the West. Athena will give you a great home loan and help you get rid of it. Master Builders Victoria, supporting Victorian builders for over 147 years. Not a member yet? Call today. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World for Master Builders Victoria. Want the best in industry training? Contact Master Builders Victoria. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Pay down your home loan faster with Athena. The open line number one three hundred seven three six seven three six awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Thanks to Werribee Kia, we're launching SEN's tournament to find the great AFL team since two thousand. We've set the bracket up across the SEN social and media channels, and each day several teams will go head to head. You can vote on the SEN Twitter page as to who goes through. And who gets eliminated each day as we work towards an overall winner? There'll be three head-to-head battles each day. And we'll take your calls on Dwayne's World each day on the marquee match-up of the day. So jump on the line now. Today's marquee match-up is Richmond's 2017 Premiership team up against Sydney's 2012 Premiership team. And we'll give a few things away. Got a couple of vouchers for a round of golf for you and a mate at the Magnificent St Andrews Beach Golf Course. Valued at $210.00. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jump on the line, Sydney twenty twelve. I'll read you the teams out if you'd like. Given the Richmond, well, from the back line, Ellis, Rance, Grimes, halfback Hooley, Asprey, Vloston, the centre line McIntosh, Cochin, Townsend, half forwards Lambert, Martin, and Caddy, forward line Butler, Rebolt, and Rioli, the rucks Dan Curvis, Prestia, and Grigg, the interchange Edwards, Graham, Broad. And Castagna. And the Sydney Premiers from 2012. From the back line, Shaw, Richards, Matner. Halfbacks, Johnson, Grundy, Bolton. Centre line, O'Keefe. McVeigh, who was their captain. And Nick Smith. Half forwards, Bird, Reed, and Jetta. The forward line, Roberts, Thompson, Goods, and Pike. The Rucks, Mumford, Kennedy, and Jack. And the interchange, Hanabry, Malcheski, uh, and Morton, and Luke Parker was the sub. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 
Who would beat who if they went head-to-head? one 736 That open line brought to us by Werribee Thank you for your texts as well if you want to send through a text. 0433981116. Consumer's Choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Um, quite a few coming through. Sydney, that Swans team, beat the three-peat Hawks in 2012. As good as the Tigers were, I still believe they didn't have great competition in the 2017 to 2020 window. Their best opposition was probably Geelong. Um, Richmond team wasn't that good in talent, but was a great team of role players. Sydney team had way more talent. Another one here, Richmond's team wasn't that good. Sydney's with more talent as well. Uh, Hydewine, absolute special. Swans would win. Pete from Peakhurst to your calls. Tom in Thornbury, you got a thought on this, Tom? Welcome to you. Hey, Dwayne, I'm good, mate. Uh, so I'm a North Melbourne fan, so I'm actually neutral on this one. But I just reckon it would come down to the conditions. I think on a dry day, you'd probably have to back Richmond. But on a wet day, I think you'd have to go Sydney. So I just think Sydney would have them covered in the contested ball. I also think you look at uh, Grundy and there was someone else down there at key defence. I think they match up really well against that Richmond team. But would take Sydney by about three goals. Yeah, Teddy Richards was an underrated player a bit. I mean, their back pockets, Shaw and Matner, were pretty good as well. Um, Jude Bolton on a half-back flank as well, Tom. Hey, thanks for kicking off the discussion. We've got a round of golf for you and a mate at the Magnificent St Andrews Beach Golf Course coming your way, valid at $210. Uh, we've got a few of those to give away. Joe in Roville, your thoughts, Joe? Hey, Dwayne, how are you? Good, thanks. This is purely on hatred. I can't stand Richmond, so I'll take um, Sydney. <laughs> uh, isn't it nice to be hated, Richmond fans? Isn't that the beauty of being winners? There's people like Joe who hate you. David in Richmond, welcome to you. Dave, you got a thought on this? Oh, oh back again, Dwayne. Oh, well, being a Richmond fan, you would usually say Richmond, but I remember these two games very clearly. Sydney... Were, had an excellent second quarter to hit the front. They dominated. Then Hawthorne came back, but Sydney then responded after a 50-metre penalty, uh, which flipped the game back in Sydney's favour. But Richmond, after half-time, were never challenged. So we don't really know. Adelaide didn't turn up, did they, really? Well, um, that's, that's the hard part, of course, about 2017. It was the Adelaide Crows game there. They didn't provide the competition that most thought they would have. Uh, Adelaide finished top that year. So Richmond did come from third to beat the top team, Adelaide. I mean, Adelaide and Richmond won the same amount of games in the home and away season. The top three won the same amount. Adelaide, Geelong and Richmond all won 15 games each in the home and away season. But Sydney also came from third to win that 2012 grand final. Hawthorne and Adelaide finished above them. Hawthorne and Adelaide were 17 wins and Sydney was 16 wins. But the interesting, I mean, the 2,290 points for by Sydney that season, whereas Richmond, you you kind of feel like Richmond was a highest highest scoring team, but they actually scored less in the home and away season than Adelaide uh, than sorry Sydney did when they won the 2012 flag. So yeah, it would be it would be a nice matchup to see. But when you look at the a couple of iconic names that both teams had, uh, it would be nice. Uh, Sydney by country mile, they challenged the Hawks at their best. Brad from Edithvale. David, hold the line. Got something for you as well. You've got a round of golf for you and a mate at the magnificent St Andrews Beach Golf Course. Coming your way, valid at $210. 1-300-736-736 is the number if you've got a thought on this. Lindsay in Somerville. Welcome to you, Lindsay. Hi, Dwayne. Um, look, I'm a Lions supporter, so neutral, but I just don't like the look of the Swans forward line. There's not much there for me. I think Richmond's 
back line would flog them. And um, Swans might have, you know, hold their own in the midfield and had a pretty good defence, but I didn't like the Swans forward line at all. So, well, Adam Goods anyway, was a two-time... Yeah, yeah, Adam Goods was a two-time Brownlow winner, but that Adam Goods playing full forward with Alex Rance as the full-back in 2017 for Richmond would be a nice match-up to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, but I, there's not much else there that appeals to me, whereas Richmond's got some pretty good forwards. But look, it's just opinions, mate. Who cares, yeah. eh? <laughs> That's the beauty of it. That's why it's great to have Werribee Kia on board, firing up a bit of talkback. It's, uh, it's a nice competition, and we'll see who... Well, we'll take some calls over the course of the week to find out who the best team of the post-2000 era is. Tom in Williamstown, you've got an opinion. Welcome to you, Tom. How you going, buddy? Yeah, good, thanks. I think Grant Thomas, after Richmond won that flag, said they were the worst team on paper to win a premiership in history. Um, I think Richmond are the best role-player team I've ever seen. Like... They just work so well as a unit. But talent if you're going by talent, of course it's Sydney. Of course it's Sydney. Yeah, although maybe at the time Richmond was underrated because the year after they won the flag in 2017, they finished the home and away season top and then they didn't win the flag. And then they won two flags after that. So maybe it was an underrated Richmond team back in 2017 and we didn't really see the full beauty of it maybe and start rating them as highly as we should have until they performed the next couple of years and won two more flags and finished minor premiership uh, winners in the year they didn't win the flag. So I appreciate your call. one 736 Keep your calls coming through. Baratson to Racing, catching up with Alex Carey in Nagpur as the team prepares to travel to Delhi later today ahead of the second test. Also is going to be a chat that we're going to play you in the next probably half an hour as well. And keep your calls coming on that Werribee Kia open line. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. They're all down there. David, Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team, they'd love to see you. And you can keep your texts coming through as well on the 40 Winks Temper text 0433981116. Consumer's Choice winner, Temper Mattresses, Pillows, and adjustable bases conform to the exact shape of your body. And the full temper range, you can check out online. Still to come, Simon Hill and Barat Sunder Racing's chat with Alex Carey in the lead-up to the second test. So the Twitter poll is open. Richmond's 2017 team versus Sydney's 2012 team. You can vote now at the SEN Twitter page. Thanks to Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. There's five hours left in voting as it stands. Richmond's 2017 team, 55% saying that the Tigers would win. 45% saying the Sydney Swans 2012 Premiership team would win a battle between the two. Quite a few coming through on the text. Great to have so many texts coming through. 0433981116. Uh, Richmond easily. The Dustin Martin factor would leave Sydney well behind. Sydney haven't got any tag for Dusty. Another one here. Sydney beat the best team in the century of the century on their own home deck. Whilst losing the free kick count 30 to 10, Richmond beat nobody. Uh, would love to see Nick Smith have a go on Martin when he went forward. Smith absolutely relentless. Uh, Dwayne, when did you ever see Rance play on the best forward, let alone a full game on one? Uh, Richmond would have run Sydney off their legs and proved how good they were by winning another two flags. Uh, it's from uh, Phrase in Beaconsfield. Thanks for that. Funny thing is, nine times out of ten, Hawthorne beats Sydney that day and Richmond wouldn't get close to that Hawks team. Uh, almost like comparing two different eras. It's a system-based team versus 
a dour defensive unit. Sydney basically loved the close-in contest, and the Tigers wanted to keep the ball moving at any cost. The coaching methods of the two would decide this virtual result, and we know it's impossible to know in practice. That's from Ash. It's nice to theorise on it for some fun, though, isn't it? Uh, easy. The Tigers would win by 40, and Dusty would win a fourth. Norm Smith from Glen. Thanks for that, Glen. Uh, Sydney by Country Mile. They challenged the Hawks at their best. Uh, Brad from Etherfell. Not sure if I read that one out. But great to have so many texts coming through. 0433981116. Or if you want to jump on the open line, 1300 736 736. Open line. And this competition brought to us by Werribee Kia. You can drop down and see David, Janan, Aid, Jim, and the whole team at Werribee Kia. They'd love to see you. One of the texts coming through here from Ben that I didn't read out earlier. Uh, like usual... We only refer to US sport when it suits certain preferred talking points, yet we ignore the NFL elephant in the room. Less is more when it comes to games. You want more money? Make the product better. More games and teams dilute the product. You're only dividing the same thing into lesser parts. That's from Ben. It's an interesting debate, Ben, and if you've got a thought on it, you can jump on the line as well. Does more teams make it better, and does more games make it better. So every competition is in expansion mode right now. The NBL is in expansion mode. The NRL is in expansion mode. And the AFL is in expansion mode. I like the fact that more markets are going to be involved. So having Tasmania involved brings in another market. It brings in another state. And they deserve to be involved in the national competition, I think. I like the thought that in 2030, we might get the Northern Territory Involved, So it brings in another territory, another market, another area of Australia that's not involved right now other than through uh, having players playing in different teams. But to have their own teams, I, I think it would be great if they had their own team. So for that reason, I am a fan of expansion, but the NBL is probably going to expand into markets that have already got a team. So that's the uh, issue with the AFL. Should we have expanded with a second team in Queensland? Should we have expanded with a second team in Sydney. That's where the NRL is going to expand in its heartland. And it looks like the NBL might even expand with a second team in WA or at least a second team somewhere in New South Wales. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you've got a thought on it, that texture is correct. The NBA has too many games, I think. And it dilutes their products so much that so many of their games just become generic. They're cookie-cutter games. It's just the same kind of thing. Sometimes they look like they're giving 100%. Sometimes they, they look like they're giving up. Sometimes they dribble out games and you think, come on, at least have a crack here in the dying seconds to actually make a basket. And in the NBL, it's come back to horn a couple of teams this year, maybe including Melbourne United, dribbling out games when you could have added some points. And in the end, percentage missing out on the finals, the playoffs by 0.0% ends up becoming a factor for you. So maybe dribbling it out it's something we're not going to see in the NBL next season. James and Karen Bounds got a thought on a couple of things we've been talking about so far. Welcome to you, James. Hey, Dwayne, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. A bit of left to field, and I'm an avid golfer, but they deal with a lot of knockout sports with other things and qualification. So why don't we have a knockout AFL pre-season comp? The winner of the comp gets four points into the regular season. James, I would be against that, but I would be all for the team getting themselves half a million bucks to spend amongst the players or at least to spend on facilities that is outside of their their um, cap, if you like. 
It just means teams will want to front up and the games what we've got to search for football right now in this country yeah. would actually be worth something and they'll put the best teams out there. Yeah, you're going back to the future with it, James. I agree with you because we once had a competition pre-season. We once had a knockout comp that ran during the season itself and I was lucky enough to play in a couple of uh, knockout comp grand finals mid-season and we loved that opportunity of having a second grand final opportunity but we also loved State of Origin back then as well and now we've got players who don't get the, the chance to play in either but I would probably like our season to be expanded so more meaningful games we've got 23 meaningful games per team this season coming I'd probably like it to be 24 or 25 I don't think we're ever going to get a pre-season comp that the players and the clubs take seriously Unless we have your idea and you get four points, which I'm not sure anybody would be into. But at least we've got a lateral suggestion from you, James. And I like lateral suggestions to give us footy at this time of year. So great to have your call. And I appreciate you jumping on. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number, if you'd like to jump on the line. Some cricket and some international footy shortly with Simon Hill, by the way. But SEN's Baratsunda Racing caught up with Australian wicketkeeper Alex Carey in Nagpur as the team prepares to travel to Delhi later today ahead of the second test. Here's Barat having a chat to our superstar behind the stumps, Alex Carey. Alex Carey, thanks for speaking to SEN. Uh, firstly, South Australia has won again. The Redbacks are <laughs> victorious. Just a word on that. Uh, yeah, it puts a big smile on my face. Um, no, the hard work's paying off. And to see some of the young guys or less uh, experienced guys um, you know, play really well is, yeah, it's exciting for, for the group moving forward and um, like I said, some great reward for the hard work I've seen over the past I reckon couple of seasons uh, Hashtag Mighty South Australia <laughs> Speaking of hard work, uh, back here in Nagpur, uh, just two pitches apart from where you played the match pitch and the collapse happened just the mindset going into the training session? Yeah, I just think we wanted to get back out after you have a performance like that um, the last thing you want to do is sit around for too long and, um, you know, dwell on it. So to be able to, yeah, strap the pads back on and um, get the balls back out is um, a good way to, yeah, to learn, hopefully, um, to put some things into place that we spoke about and thought about over the past day um, and just reinforce some, you know, key messages we had leading in. So, um, yeah, the boys are, are playing nicely at the moment. Um so a good way to, like I said, strap the pads back on and get back out of here. After an innings like that, man, even all our 32 overs, uh, 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 teams can look shell-shocked, especially in India. It's not easy to play test cricket here. But it's still a long test series. Like, How, how do you like, make sure, as a team, you don't panic and you still say, look, we'll stick to our methods, we've come here with a plan and we'll just see how it works out? Yeah, I think by this, I think guys having great attitudes, um, messaging after the game... <laughs> Um, we're all, all around um, hanging out after the game and talking about it. So, yeah, for this group, what I've learnt is it's a really calm group. Um, it's a calm environment. It's an environment where we all believe in our skill and abilities. So, um, yeah, a few things didn't go our way. Um, but to be able to talk about it, to be able to get back out and, and train and, um, you know, keep, I guess, reinforcing that messaging is the way that... Uh, we've done it so far and, um, yeah, I'll say it again, I'm excited to get to Delhi um, and, and so are the boys. I know the batters are, are really keen to, yeah, to get out in the middle again. Uh, do you think the one thing that was missing out in that second innings was batters being proactive against spin? A lot of LBWs, batters got yeah. in the crease? Yeah, potentially. I, I think we knew um, 
the conditions were going to be difficult and their bowls in these conditions are obviously fantastic. So, um, yeah, a few, I think, little reinforcements here and there will, will be strong for us. Um, yeah, proactiveness, braveness and, yeah, believing in that method and the patience as well along the way. So we had a great look at it firsthand with, with Sharma and Jadeja and Axar um, and we've spoken a lot about it. So... Yeah, and conditions might be different in Delhi. So, yeah. you know, stay open-minded, um, play what's in front of you, um, play the ball, play the conditions, um, and do it for a long amount of time. <laughs> yeah, and just personally for you, um, I mean, you got runs in the first innings, you backed the reverse sweep, you got runs, you backed the sweep, you got runs. We also got out to yep. that shot. Like, does that tell you uh, to just get better at it or just yeah, kind of... Yeah, I got to start. I, I um, yeah, I was quite busy early. Um, so just finding that balance. Um not overplaying what I you know, saw before me um, and trusting my method as well. So at times it might be a little bit like that if the wicket you know, needs a bit of proactiveness, um, but just having the right balance, I think. Um, like I said with Jadeja and Axa, they played patiently, um, they got rewarded, um, and at times that, that'll be the method for sure. So, yeah, a nice um, first game to take some learnings out of it. Um, and now it's time to put that in place. Uh, and when did Scott Boland realise that you were going to come up to the stumps to him? Was there a chat about <laughs> Probably it? Probably halfway through his run-up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I, I think we all saw and um, we knew there wasn't a lot of bounce and, and pace in that wicket. So, yeah, I know he doesn't like it and none of the quicks do, but um, he allowed me to do it, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, we still have to deal with that first stump. You'll <laughs> wave at me when you get this. Oh, it's coming. I'll make sure I know where we are in Delhi. Um, <laughs> Nah, it was uh, yeah, it was a nice um, first test to, to keep in these conditions. It's going to be a tough series. Um, so yeah, excited to see what Delhi has to throw at us. Thanks, Alex Carey. Thanks, Thanks Brad. Brad's on the racing with Alex Carey there for a McCafe coffee catch-up. You can head to the drive-through for the deluxe iced coffee range from a McCafe. It's real coffee, real deluxe. Spiros and Carnegie's on the line. Welcome to you, Spiros. You got a thought on expansion uh, and with a Less is more, or more is more. Welcome to you. How are you, Dwayne? Good. Uh, um, well, I think we've talked about this before. Um, the, 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 the problem that I would have with it, well, and you know what? I think in time, uh, the Northern Territory is probably going to get a team. It might be 20 years' time, but I think it'll happen because then all bases are covered and it's a national team. Um, Tassie is always is already on the go, but... Are we spreading the talent of players? And I'm actually saying the talent of players too thin. Uh, is the competition still going to be at a, at a high level um, by doing this, what we're doing, uh, what the AFL is doing? Um, what, what do you think? Because, I mean, it, look, Victoria's going to, it's got the number of, that's never going to change. Um, but uh, Sydney could have just had maybe one team. I, mean, I know they'd be a lot stronger. Obviously, um, same with Brisbane. I mean, it's probably works in the detriment to other teams, but um, the the actual quality of the game. Well, what do you think uh, by spreading it out too thin with more teams? Well, I think you can have one new team come in every seven or eight years. We probably brought the Gold Coast and the Giants in too quickly, um, and we just came off the back of having Fremantle and Port Adelaide essentially come in. So I think we did expand to 18 teams a little too quickly from the 16 teams that were still getting better down. So Port Adelaide and Fremantle, I think they should have come in, and I think it's great that they are in. There's one here on the text, two teams in one market. 
is good in the AFL. That market then gets a game every week, and you get the local rivalry as well. But I think we went from 16 to 18, the jump, too quickly. I like the idea, and I think we will have the depth of player talent to bring in Tassie in 2027 or 2028. I think that's going to work. I think we'll be ready by then. But whether we're going to be ready enough to have a 20th team come in two or three years after that, I'm not sure. I reckon we might, Spiros, have to wait another five or six or seven years. But people might not tolerate, the AFL might not want to have an uneven 19-team comp. That's the issue. That's the reason we jumped from 16 to 18 so quickly and had two teams essentially come in in that short space of time because they didn't like the idea of a of a nine of a seventeen team comp. Yeah, well, they, if they look, I would have thought they um, such a short period of time. But in the in um, in the top end, if uh, you know, I was looking at maybe another ten years or so, or even fifteen yeah. years. Uh, but they wouldn't obviously. I don't think they have any problems filling uh, the team because a lot of the the players who are down here, you probably find would would you know they probably finished by then, but. There's not um, as many from the Territory playing in the AFL as you would think, Spiros. That's the issue. But if you did... Go on. No, well, sorry. A lot of them are from um, the islands and, and all that. Yeah. As well. yeah, I understand. No, that. I'm, I'm yeah. including those. When you think about Tassie, though, Tassie, if they had their own team, they might have three, four local players in that team. Now, in time, because you've got footy in Tassie and you've got your own team to play for, that might grow to seven or eight. And we're seeing that with Brisbane and the Suns. And the Swans, with their academy, we're seeing that number grow, which is great. But you're still going to fill Tassie with majority mainland players. And the same with the Territory. I think you're always going to have a situation where you're still going to probably have, you know, 10 or 12 years of development in the Territory before you see half that team filled with players from the Territory. But you've got to give them a pathway. That's the issue. And advance notice. So there's kids who are 13, 14 now thinking, okay, well... I might be able to play for a team in my territory. So, yeah, don't expand too quickly. Spiros, I think, is the, the key. But I think 20 I think twenty is coming. Just depends on whether it's in our lifetime, Spiros. Yeah. yeah. Look, um, uh, what I was going to say, with the the, the, the Tassie team, it's, um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to, it's there. And whether the um, the other team at the top end uh, or around that area, I mean, uh, don't, think, don't forget they've also got um, from Alice and the Alice to draw on as well. So yeah. I think that will happen. Oh, it will happen. But, but like you said, whether it's in our time, I don't think we're that old, uh, Dwayne, that it won't, to be honest. And uh, yeah. I think, we'll, we'll, I think we'll, we'll probably will see it, to be honest, yeah. Great to have your calls, Spiros. Uh, thanks for joining me. Um, great to have all of your calls today, by the way, on Dwayne's board for Master Builders of Victoria. Want the best in industry training? Contact Master Builders Victoria. And for Athena Home Loans, pay down your home loan faster with Athena. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's Bird. Always great to have Simon Hill on the program, the voice of football in Australia and host of the Global Game. It's on tonight from 9pm across the SEN network and he's been good enough to give us a couple of minutes of his time whilst he's prepping for tonight's show. Simon, welcome back. Great to have you on. Good to be with you. How are you, mate? I'm good, and you must be excited too because you're, what, two days away from your Man City becoming favourites for the EPL title, given you're about to beat <laughs> Arsenal, who can only come up with a draw? <laughs> now, you're putting words in my mouth there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's entirely possible, and given that City were 
eight points behind only a few weeks ago. That would uh, represent quite a turnaround. Arsenal would still have a game in hand. And, of course, we've got to go there and, and win yet. But um, it would certainly make it very interesting if we were able to do that. The big question mark is whether Erling Haaland's going to be fit. Uh, there's a big uh, a big debate about whether he's, uh, he's suffered a, a serious injury in the 3-1 win over Aston Villa at the weekend and whether he won't make it. But um, I, I just wonder whether Pep Guardiola is playing a bit of Ducks and Drakes. Um, and I think if he's anywhere near fit, I think he'll play. He's interesting listening, isn't he, when he fronts the press conference. It's a good, how do you find it when you're hearing the coaches, the managers from world football talk? Do you hang on every word or do you think some sort of just flick around the edges? Because I find that quite often they're pretty honest. Um, well, I think really it's, it's the, the depth of the coverage. You know, I mean, every press conference they hold, there's probably 60 journalists inside the room. So, you know, you, you get an awful lot of different questions on a, a whole uh, range of topics. And, of course, you know, the, the papers in the UK, the radio stations, the TV networks, you know, they, they are just full of football. It's, it's not like Australia where, uh, you know, football barely gets a paragraph and it's AFL in the south of the country and, and rugby league in the east. You know, football is everywhere. It's, it's omnipresent in the UK and, and in much of the world. So, you know, with that obviously comes... Uh, an awful lot of media attention, a lot of interviews they have to do, um, a lot of media coverage. So, you know, they they, uh, they tend to, to say what they think to a large degree um, because really they have to. If they don't answer it from that journalist, it'll be coming along again in a couple of minutes. Um, you know, the coaches here don't know they're born quite honestly. They have it very, very easy in comparison, that's for sure. Where are you on the VAR? You've never been a big fan and it continues to throw no. up controversy. Hate it. Can't stand it. Um, but, you know, it seems as though it's here. It doesn't matter what I think. Um, uh, the authorities uh, seem to like it. Uh, I think fans generally, and I, I don't pretend to speak for everybody, uh, but I think generally that they have some issues with it. Uh, what, what I would like to see, and I've said this consistently, if it's going to stay, uh, I want to hear those conversations that they're having. And then we're all a little bit more enlightened as to how they arrive at the decisions, even if we don't agree with them. And uh, we saw a little experiment with that during the FIFA Club World Cup that took place uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I, I think that's a good start. But uh, personally, I, I would prefer to go back to referee's call and leave it at that. It's, it's a human game. Sport is human. Uh, and if you, you know, if you try to, to make things 100% correct, A, you'll never do it. Uh, and B, people still just won't agree. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of grey areas in the rules of football. I don't know about the other sports. Um, and uh, I, I tend to think it causes, you know, more controversy uh, than, than it solves. But uh, may, maybe that's what they want. I don't know. But I don't like it. Yeah, controversy tends to rate. So maybe they want less vanilla. The Matildas <laughs> World Cup preparations ramping up and well how have you seen this Saudi sponsorship um, rebellion and how in your eyes as many people been discussing it and where do you stand on it well I don't know whether it has been discussed that much in this country to be honest uh, obviously as I said before you know our game tends to fly under the radar I know there's been a little bit of talk about it but uh, I did note that at the press conference Football Australia shut down questions um, at least in the public forum uh, towards the player and coach about it, which um, I, I don't think is, is a good thing, to be honest. Uh, I think they were allowed to answer questions on it in the one-on-one -on -one interviews. 
Uh, and yeah, it's controversial, but you know, this is the way the whole sport is moving. Saudi Arabia are becoming a very big player in world football. They've just announced that they're, they're going to host the Asian Cup in 2027. They've just hosted, um, actually, no, they didn't host the FIFA Club World Cup. That was Morocco, my, uh, my apologies. But they're after the Women's Asian Cup in 2026 as well. Uh, obviously, they've taken over Newcastle United um, in the Premier League. So, you know, money talks, I'm afraid, in this game. And uh, most of the money tends to be concentrated in the Middle East. So, uh, but that shouldn't mean that uh, players can't have opinions on it, whether they agree or disagree. And, uh, yeah, I would, uh, you know, I would like to see those questions be able to be asked at the very least. If the players don't want to answer them, well, that, you know, that's up to them. But, um yeah, the media really should uh, should have the right to ask that question at least. And we had you on about a month ago. We'll have you on every week, which is great. But about a month ago, you told me that the trouble at the Melbourne Derby, trouble at soccer is very, very rare. And there's been no trouble since, and we've got the Derby coming back. So touch wood. Uh, it has been a great season with no trouble since. Well, I mean, that's... That's the norm. Um, it's you know that was an isolated incident. Uh, you know, as I also said a few weeks ago, you you probably get trouble on a more regular basis at an AFL game. But uh, when it's our match or our sport, then uh, it tends to make the headlines because that's the cultural stigma that we're stuck with. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a one-off. And look, it, it won't be the last time it'll happen uh, somewhere. But. Um, you know, that, that's just the way it is. When you get thousands of people gathering in, in public arenas, uh, some of them misbehave. It doesn't matter what the sport is. Uh, from time to time, it, it, it happens. And uh, obviously, you have to make a response, which uh, Football Australia did. Uh, and I think it was the right response. Um, hopefully, this Saturday, we're talking about uh, the game because it should be a belter. And both teams, you know, need the points. City are almost uh, home and host of the Premiership as, as it stands. And... Uh, Melbourne victory are at the other end. So, yeah, it, it'll be an interesting game. Is it atmosphere-wise still one of the best events in Australia to go to, the Melbourne Derby? Yeah, I mean, along with the Sydney Derby, which we saw at the weekend mm. uh, in front of nearly 27,000 at, uh, at Combank State between the Wanderers and Sydney FC, the Derbys are, you know, they're, they're huge in our sport around the world. doesn't matter if you're in Manchester or Madrid or Merseyside or Melbourne. Uh, you know, these are the games that people look forward to because they're special events. Now, you know, I know in, in the other codes, because you have, uh, what is it, 10, 10, 11 teams in the AFL, they were all from Melbourne. So, you know, you, you have pretty much derbies every week, um, which is why the crowds tend to be a bit bigger. But, uh, you know, for us, they're special occasions because we're, we're, you know, we're a national code with teams in, in the major cities. So, yeah, they're, they're very special and and they're special because they don't come around too often. Uh, so when they do, people look forward to them and, uh, you know, there's nothing better than sticking one on your, your local rival, is there? So uh, I, I reckon it'll be good again at the weekend. I hope so anyway. Yeah, we all hope so. Hey, what else is on the show tonight uh, at 9pm across the SEN network? So we're talking with Steve Corica, the, uh, the Sydney FC coach, about their win in the derby uh, at uh, the weekend over Western Sydney Wanderers. Very important to them, that, uh, that victory, which takes them to within one point of their local rivals. Uh, we've also got Joshua Soterio on from the Newcastle Jets, who are doing pretty well at the moment. They beat the victory at the weekend by two goals to one, leaving them still down at the bottom. And uh, we'll have all our regulars, of course. Uh, Spencer Pryor will be previewing that, uh, that big clash between Arsenal and Man City Thursday morning, our time. 
Alicia Carnadas will be talking about the Cup of Nations and what she expects from the Matildas. And Paul Williams with uh, with Football Asia as well as the Champions League gets gets back underway. Great to have you, Simon. We'll be listening. Simon Hill, voice of football in Australia, joins us every week.